When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 6th of July 1967 is etched in musical history as the day John Lennon was introduced to Paul McCartney by their mutual friend Ivan Vaughan. On a day where the police dog show was one of the main attractions, John's group, the Quarrymen, were the supporting act for the main band. The moment of their meeting would have gone unremembered had it not been the beginning of one of the world's greatest musical partnerships. This week we go to St Peter's Church Hall to meet two women who were both there that day, Pam Cottrell and Jenny Lovegrove. I'm Laura Davis. And I'm Ellen Kerwin. And this is Beatles City. So you were actually at the hall where the meeting between the two of them taking place. What was that like? Well, it's funny, really, because it's kind of part of my life anyway. My little girl goes to rainbows in that church hall, and that's what I think is really special about it. When people come and visit Walton, St Peter's Church Hall is still a church hall. They still have toddler groups and rainbows and brownies. There's a famous photograph of the day that John Lennon met Paul McCartney that Jeff Ryan took, and there's a brownie on that. So it just very much hasn't changed in many ways. So when you go in, you get a real feel for how it would have been at the time, but the famous stage that they played on isn't there anymore that's in the museum and how well do the two women do they actually remember the fate they remember it pretty well mainly because it was so exciting for them nothing to do with John Lennon really just that it was quite a big day in Walton's calendar and there were trucks going through the village all the brownies would be on one and one of these women was on the Rose Queen one so she remembers having this new dress and feeling really pretty in her new dress. Another of the women did know John Lennon was was um, close, a little bit closer to him in age and so remember seeing them and um, well I'll, I'll let her tell you in her own words in a bit what she thought of them at the time. There were stalls and selling everything, there were game stalls. Yes, okay. and things. things like literally coconut shies and, and yeah. um, a marquee with uh, afternoon tea. Yes, and flower, and flowers, flowers in, the flowers and in. And the scout aerial runway. Oh, yes, I remember that. Oh, yes. Oh, I've seen a photograph of yes. that. Yeah. 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 But it was, it was, they had a great time. He sat on this chair and went up, zoomed down. But I don't, I don't remember ever doing it, but maybe it wasn't so much girls. It wasn't too much of a wimp to do that. But, uh, but that, is, that was quite a, a highlight, something. Yes. Uh, and of course, at the Fates, we always had um, bands playing. Um, it was the Cheshire Yeomanry that year, I think it is, it's on the programme, something Gosh, like that. It's something like that anyway, but we had a big band, proper, proper band, and then the scout bands. We always had a band playing um, in the field, and later on, we had, I remember having majorettes once doing a demonstration there. We always had the police dogs. Yes, they were very popular. Very popular. Very pop- well, they are anywhere, yes. aren't they? You know, kids because, like. I mean, 
the reason that, what I understand is that the reason the quarry men were asked to go was because we'd realised that teenagers weren't coming to the fete. Uh, it was largely families and older people, and they thought if we got something um, young aimed at the younger people, maybe they will come in. And we'd heard about uh, Harry Forrest, who ran the fete, heard about the quarrymen through the youth club, because John was in the youth club. So he said, would they like to come and play on the field? And so they did two sessions on the field um, to see, to try I can, and... I can go. actually remember that quite clearly, them actually playing on the field. Oh, yes. I can just remember sort of standing around and thinking, hmm, you know, what should I do now? I said to my mother, the band wasn't up to much, but I, I grew to regret that later on. <laughs> well, I remember somebody telling me, one of the tour- tourists we had, saying that uh, she remembers them being on, but she wanted them to get off because the next act was the police dogs. I was on one of the floats. I was a six-year-old flower girl in a pink silk dress, which I distinctly remember, and it was a play dress for years, but I remember my dress. I don't remember anything really other than that, um, mainly because I think we had fate every year, and so they get confused in your mind, especially when you're young. They were all very similar, but that year I was in my pink dress, and it was lovely. Because the parish is quite spread out, um, we use alternate years. One year we would go down the hill, which is what we did that year, down King's Drive, down Church Road, down King's Drive, along Hanscourt Avenue, up Manor Road and then back up. And then the other year we would go up Church Road and along and down Linkstore Road and Vale Road, Quarry Street and round that way. So we did um, different to just to enable people, other people in the parish to see the processions with all the lorries, which were... Uh, mainly um, uh, they were coal lorries <laughs> and you have a good clean but, but there were so many different ones but there were I mean I, I must admit when I grew up and I started to learn to drive I wondered how on earth they could drive so slowly down those, down those lorries streets. without stripping their gearboxes <laughs> because they were crawling along and that's it is, we, we sat on the back uh, of the lorries, quite often people with their legs over the end, and nobody made a fuss about it. No. When we tried to recreate it for the 50th anniversary, they had health us health no way, no, no. no way, you can't put children on the back of a lorry. But nobody ever fell off. We never, well, I don't remember anything ever happening. And we just went, crawled around and had fun and waved at all the people watching us. It must have been exciting to be six years old in your yeah. lovely dress. Yes, it was, yes. And my best friend it was also on the, in her peak dress on the lorry as well, so Alison remembers it very well. And funnily enough, just talking about coal lorries, my friend Alison, she is now a lay reader at St Nicholas Hale Wood, and last year she conducted a funeral, and it was for a coal merchant from Speak, and she was talking to the family about it, and, and then she came home and opened her laptop, and her screensaver is the picture of us on the lorry. And she saw the name of the, the, the co-merchant on the lorry and realised it was the same family, rang them, and they said, that arm sitting out of the cab was the chap you just buried. Uh-huh. Yes, it's yeah. a very small world and a very small community in many ways. So it was. Yeah. Uh, so why were you at the fate, Jenny? Because um, the youth club was my life, really, um, Tuesdays and Saturdays. So a crowd of us came down, including Jeff Rind and various other, um, Pete Sissons, who's recently, as you know, probably just died, and Chris Rowe, and, you know, everybody that was involved with the church and the youth club, um, you just all met there. It was the sort of thing you did. And what did you get up to at the youth club? Oh, you shouldn't be asking. (laughs) (laughs) 
Not a lot of theatre, an awful lot of talking, a lot of dancing. I mean, dance, dance, dance. There was table tennis, I seem to remember, for the first bit. Was Jack Gibbon still running it then? Oh, yes, yes. and Alberta. Yeah. Yes. Um, tubular chairs all the way around the edge and then the stage. Um, it was very innocent, but great fun. I mean, great, great fun. I'm still friendly with people, I was friendly with them, uh, which is, you know, is nice. Yeah. But, uh, and I mean, we had things like outings to Morecambe from the youth club. And, uh, somebody, I, I think I ate a bag of uh, aniseed balls and then proceeded to go on to the waltzer 23 times, which was not a good thing to do after eating a bag of aniseed balls. It's a nasty journey home. <laughs> but, uh, no, we had very good, very good times. So a group of you decided... Yes, to come. Yes, there must have been about... There's my friend Anne, my friend Sandra. Um, just a whole, a whole crowd, really, that always came to the youth club. And then as we got older, we'd come here, we'd go to Quarry Bank, because they used to do a dance on a Saturday night, and Clearview, which was at Mosley Hill Church. So it was all very sort of church-based, um, all our entertainment. Um, and then, of course, you started to spread your wings a bit and go off to university and such like, so... So you saw the quarrymen during the day, did you see them in the hall as well? I did, because in fact the fellow that was uh, play, leader of the band for the dance in the evening had worked for my father, George Edwards. He was the sort of person that he would single me out because I was Mr Eaton's daughter. So yes, I did see them. Uh, that's actually when I said to my mother I didn't think the band were up to much. <laughs> so they were supporting the men? Yes, yes. The oh yes, they were just allowed a slot, or a set as they call them now, don't they? Do you remember anything else about that? Not really. No, not really. Just part of your life? It's just it? part of my life. I didn't know I had to remember it. That's, that's the honest answer. As you didn't, you know, you mm. didn't know what was going to happen to them at all. Mm. Mm. Yes. I mean, by the time I grew up to be a teenager, they'd, I mean, they'd gone. I mean, it was sort of, uh, they, they went around, they developed. And I don't think it was ever mentioned when I was a teenager, and the Beatles were getting quite popular, um, that they actually were from Walton. I don't remember no, thinking, oh, they must have been around when I was, was a, a child. I don't think it was really sort of publicised a lot. It wasn't really mentioned, or maybe just I didn't I go. And, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't read fan magazines. It may have been in fan magazines, but I didn't sort of... Do that because I was actually late at that, that stage, never particularly a Beatles fan. I mean, I knew the music, but I was a folk music fan. I went to the Spinners, the Spinners, oh, yes. and uh, used to go to go to Gregson's Well to hear the Spinners. So I was more somewhere behind London Road. Yes, yes, I used to go there. Yes, as well. get taken by my parents. Alice and I got taken by my parents to the. But we used to go. So I was into folk music and classical music with my parents. So I was never really a Beatles fan. For the last time I saw John Lennon. Um, bef you know, before he hit the really big time, mm. was in the crack in, you know, off um, Hope Street. Yeah, the pub. Because he was at the art school, and my friend's father was the principal of the art school. We used to go to all the dances and such like, and, you know, he was around there then. Um, but that's the last time I really remember seeing him, um, you know, as a person that I knew. Mm. Obviously, the rest is history, really, as to what happened. So you knew him a little bit. What was he like? Sarcastic. I mean, I must be honest, I didn't particularly like him. But as I say, I didn't know his background then, and when I read his sister's book, I was really horrified that you know that he'd had such a you know a hard life really, such an upsetting life, um, and it, it really answered a lot of questions just to why he could be um, you know quite acerbic in the things he said. I mean, he, he had a brilliant creative mind. There's no doubt about it. Right from being very young, doodles, you know, doodles and scribbles and 
bits of music and such like. He was a very, very creative person. And did you ever go to see the Beatles at the Cavern? I did, oh yes, yes. Um, I wasn't really supposed to because I was still at school and my friend worked and uh, I used to go and meet her for lunch ostensibly just to have lunch and it was the, the lunchtime sessions and a couple of times in the evening but uh, didn't see them an awful lot but it was always hot and unpleasant in there <laughs> we thought it was wonderful at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean Liverpool certainly in the 60s was such a wonderful scene for music. What did you... You went multiple times. Did you really like them? Did you think? Oh yes. Did you tell well, that they were something really special? Yes, I think you, I think you could tell quite early on that they were. Um, I, I know when the first time they were on top of the pops, it was, it was love, love me do, wasn't it? The, the first one that was on there. My father was saying, "Your friends are on the television." <laughs> <laughs> the thing that always struck me is that John used to talk, make make out or say that he was a working class lad and all this sort of thing. But if you see his house. Um, Mendips. It is. I mean, I we lived. We moved in 1970 into the same block of houses, and they are beautiful, semi-detached houses built in the th- mid 30s. We had, and they still have in that house a call box for calling bell calls from the rooms and things. So they were very middle class, upper middle class houses, which isn't the impression he ever no, likes, he likes to give. He wants to make that he is a working class lad. But so, what was Walter like when you were growing up? It used to be very much a village. I mean, it was quite quite rural, really, yes. along Walton Road and such like. There was farms with cows and such like. Yeah. Which people didn't realise that was, you know, happening until relatively, yes. relatively recently. Used to see the herds of cows coming along into the dairy in the village right. on a regular basis, coming into James's the, dairy. James's dairy. Yes. And, Gosh, and, and the, traffic got, the traffic got held up to the cows to come through the village, right. and that's something all of us remember. Everything you could yeah. want was delivered to your door, and my mother got it. She always came into the village nearly every day to shop, and I think probably to Natter as well. Um, it was a, it was a happy place, wasn't it? it was, there was a lot yeah. going on, a lot of nice shops. Sadly, most have gone, but um, no, it was a good place to, to be brought up, really. Erwin's, with my mum loved Erwin's, which is the the, super, the early form of supermarket was a big sort, big store, uh, food store, and the co-op of the two. Yes, and Brooks, Brooks oh, at the bottom. Brooks, of, yes, yes, was, yes. yes. And then there was a, um, a very famous cake shop called Clucks. Yes. Uh, I mean, they had twelve shops throughout Liverpool originally, but Walton was definitely one of their best. Um, the bakehouse wasn't here, but they, they, I mean, queues of people on a Saturday outside the door for both cakes and bread. Uh, so very popular. Yeah. I love a little shop selling knitting wool. My mum did a lot of knitting, and they sell knitting wool, and she used to go up regularly because they would hold the wool back for you. So you went up and got a ball of wool when you up out of your supply, so you having to have it all at home. And my mum used to go there a lot, but because we had the baths regularly. Did you go to the baths? Yes, yes, I did. Yes. yes. I had a contract there. My brother, I've got a twin brother, and we used to have a contract all every all summer for the summer holidays, and went up regularly to swim in the baths. And uh, a swimming teacher, Mrs. Selwyn Lloyd or Selwyn Jones, who I was absolutely terrified of. <laughs> she put a, a, a rope round my waist and threw me in. And I said to my parents, "I'm never going back." <laughs> Do you swim now? No. <laughs> she she, she traumatised me for life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had the trams as well. Yes. I don't remember the trams. The yes, trams the the you may have done. I don't remember them particularly because I think they went when I was only. But of course, I lived over the hill, 
Um, so it was a treat to walk down Beaconsfield past Strawberry Field to get the tram because it went along Mendlove Avenue. Yes, the tram terminus was in the village at the top of where King's Drive now is. That's right, yeah. Because King's Drive wasn't there then, was it? No, not, no. not, not in that form. That form, no. no. The trams all really stopped in the mid 50s and I was only about five or six so I don't really remember them particularly. I don't actually remember the route of the trams, they're into town from here do you? I can remember it going along Menlove Avenue. Mm-hmm. Well that's the Smithdown Road as far as I know. It must have done Smithdown Road, Road, Road yeah. uh, presumably. Yeah. Certainly there's no other way into them. I suppose there? at the time, oh, no I can't, I can't I think we just went to, our, to Penny Lane really on the tram. Yeah. Um, so. It's interesting when you're talking that you've already mentioned Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane, just in mm. passing. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> part of your life. Yeah. Part of your life. So very, yeah, so very much just places for John Lennon. They would, have, they would have been just places in his life. Well, I think certainly Strawberry Fields, they used to take the children to walk for walks in Calderstones Park. And I can remember uh, the Salvation Army, the girls with their bonnets, taking children walking in, Col- in Calderstones Park from Strawberry Fields. So you both, you both stayed in Walton and you both got a strong connection to the church here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you have recreated that day, the Rose Queen. We, the day. recreation was the 50th, but sorry. But we um, had we'd done a big celebration for the 40th, which is why we have a plaque on the church hall here. And that was put up to commemorate that. And then every 10 years we had done something. And the tourists just come, particularly for the Beatles weekend, at the end of August. We, we're usually open, in the ch- church hall is open um, between Tuesday, Thursday and Tuesday. And we're open for anybody who wants to come in. It's, it, we can do it in the school holidays because we haven't got any organisations meeting in the hall. Normally the hall is chocker with children's organisations, but in the school holidays, they're all on holidays, so we have this hall available and we get hundreds of thousands coming thousands, in. Thousands, yeah. I mean, yeah. It really, for some people, uh, in fact, I think it was the 50th, is that when James Jones did the service in church yes. and had the balloons done? Yeah. And, an American couple came and sat next to us and we were chatting you know, and I said, oh, you know, have you come over here on a holiday? And she looked absolutely horrified. She said, no, we've come here to honour John Lennon and the Beatles. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was, I mean, very, it's, it's really a pilgrimage for mm. an awful lot of people. Do you remember there's, I think there's five either Mexican or Brazilian ladies and every year they have different outfits tailored in their own country. Um, the year before last, they did Sergeant Pepper, and these the outfits were exquisite. Mm. Wow. Um, and then we had a very nice Japanese girl, Yoko, who yes. um, wrote and asked if she could put... She'd done ten um, quilts, ten-foot square quilts of the Beatles, uh, their songs and such like, and, and she would just... It would be her life's ambition to have them hanging in the church hall where the Beatles were. And we said, yes, you know, yeah. if, you, if you bring them over, we'll hang them. And they were absolutely gorgeous. Wow. But people have their own reasons for coming. I mean, <laughs> I can remember talking to a couple with a teenage boy, and on top of my head I thought, oh, the poor lad's been dragged around by his parents, they must be the Beatles fans. Oh, no, they were from Australia. This teenage boy runs a Beatles fan club for teenagers in Australia. And he was the one that wanted to come. So you, sometimes you prejudge why people come and then you realise it's completely wrong. Just 
come and they just want to talk and they want to know and it, it, it's sad really that we don't remember enough I'd like to remember more for, for their sakes because they really are interested but we share what we know and um, so the yes and there's a picture of me on the lorry on the wall in the hall and so I say that's me up there I must take a picture of you pointing at you and I don't really understand why but they do and if it's, that's what they want but they are, I mean, they're all lovely people. Yeah, we have, I don't think we've ever had an unpleasant no. visitor. They have been so delightful. Yeah. And they're so grateful for any little yeah. snippet you can impart. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, just go around the hall with them. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's, it's not exactly exciting the way it's done out. But they just love it. Yeah. They absolutely love yes. it. I mean, this time, this this year, um, I remember the first day I was was there. This chap came in. He came in a bit earlier before we were opening. But he said, "Could he come in?" So I said, "Fine," and we let him in. And he said he was staying down in town, and he'd been round to the Beatles story and things like that. But he said it all felt a bit impersonal. You know, it was tourist stuff and everything else. But he said the welcome I have got here. Is, is completely different. You know, you're so welcoming and so friendly. And I realise that, you know, it means something to you. It's your place and you've got history here. And he really enjoyed being here. I'm so grateful for that. Rather than, I mean, I know places like this have got all that they, you know, that they share and everything else, but it's they haven't got the personal connection which we have. I think that's the bit that they love. The yes. very fact that Pam and I we're actually there on the day is enough for them to be mm, yeah. <laughs> to worship us <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode of Beatles City please remember to review rate and subscribe on your favourite podcast app where you can also find all episodes from our first two series and all the episodes of series one including an exclusive interview with Paul McCartney can now be found on the Liverpool Echoes YouTube channel <laughs>